I'm your host, Fraser Bailey, and welcome to the VegUp Podcast, where we talk mindset, psychology, plant-based nutrition, lifestyle, and big dreams. So if you want to get your head in the game, level up, and become the best version of you, listen in. Let's go. Guys, this morning I wanted to talk about a really, really important subject that is happening in the world right now. So if you've come back to listen to this podcast at a later date, please stay and listen because this stuff that I'm going to talk about is relevant regardless of the date, regardless of the time. But for many of you who do know, and for those of you who don't, right now down in Australia, there have been some huge, huge wildfires that have been raging since September. Now, in this podcast, I'm not going to drop tons of statistics because I'm literally driving to the gym in the morning. I don't have any numbers in front of me. I can give you generalized statements. If some of them are slightly incorrect, please forgive me, but my heart is in the right place. And I want to share this with you because if you have seen what has been happening down there in terms of the amount of land that is burned, the size of Belgium, it's arguably the largest wildfire ever in history it's it's isn't i think it's about 10 times larger than the amazon rainforest fires it is absolute it's like a mega fire and during this time almost half a billion animals have died during since september through to now half a billion and there's so many people who are just like really upset about that and it really it affects a lot of people because you know you, you think about the suffering the needless suffering of so many of these animals that <clears throat> didn't you know didn't do anything wrong and they don't and, and they want to live and they 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 die these these painful deaths and it's heartbreaking and you want to be able to do something to stop that right and one of the things that I want to put forward to you today is that we can all play a role in this. And I want to shine some light on, a, on what I call a, a cognitive dissonance with people. So this is not me. So if you're listening to this and you're not vegan, this is not me basically like pointing at you as much as hoping to shine light on an area of your mind that you might not be able to see yet. And so think of this half a billion animals have died so far and part of the reason why this is happening is I guess there's a few overlapping reasons but the one of them is that the animal agriculture industry requires so many resources so much water and I'll talk about that in this podcast so much water that literally there is no water to fight this fire available and the second thing is that our choices as human beings are massively magnifying the speed by which climate change is occurring and that the amount of emissions and the choices that we are making at an individual level actually proliferate this problem more and more and more and there are things that we can do at an individual level and I want to share this with you because many of you might not know this and the ones that do share this podcast with people so 
the thing I want to put forward is half, almost half a billion, billion, not a million, a billion animals have died so far in these wildfires. Kangaroos, koalas, just you name it. There's so many um, indigenous species down in Australia that have died during this wildfire. And I want to put forward to you this. Did you know that over one billion, one billion animals will die every week just in America alone for food? So in factory farming and slaughterhouses, over one billion animals will die every week for food. And so if you look at the number of animals like cows, pigs, chickens, etc. versus the amount of animals who died in this wildfire, it's about 1 120th of the amount of animals that die at human choice. And so we might not necessarily be able to stop these wildfires straight away, like physically stop them because we it's just so big. How can you stop something like that without it's just I mean it's it's I don't even know how you would do that. But we can stop what we eat on our plate every day. And so there are people out there and they're really upset about all these animals that have have died, yet they're consuming dead animals. And I think a lot of people think to themselves, well, these animals like did nothing wrong. They're, they died in fires. It's like a painful death, right? It's a painful death, like death by fire. It sounds horrible. But I'm here to tell you that the, the animal agriculture industry and the slaughterhouse industry, that is not some peaceful kumbaya death that they get. It is, they live in a state of confinement. They live in a state of suffering. And all, all it takes is for you to watch documentaries like Dominion or Earthlings or watch some slaughterhouse footage or trust that when I've been to slaughterhouses and I've seen physically what happens to these animals, that it is a super painful, scary death. And, and that is at the hands of us. We have a choice with that because I'm here to tell you that if you execute on a well-planned plant-based diet, I truly believe it's the most healthy route for you. Now, <clears throat> that being said, if it is, in my opinion, one of the most healthy routes for you, then eating animals isn't a necessity. It's a choice. And it's a choice that we don't have to be making at this stage in our human evolution. There might have been a time and place when we were hunter and gatherers and we were needing things for literally for survival because we are obligate uh, omnivores, which means that we have the ability to choose either an om like a, a plant-based diet or a carnivorous diet. And it's been shown again and again and again the detrimental effects of animal-based products and that plants can offset the effects of those animal-based products. So why would we want to be consuming something that has a net negative effect on us to begin with? So coming back to my point is that we're doing things and we're operating at a level based on programming. We think that it's normal to eat these foods just because it's what's been taught to us by our parents and society. And the animal agriculture industry understands human psychology. They have the top marketing 
people in the world who understand how to trigger you to buy things on a subconscious level where you don't even realize that you're operating on programming. I'm here to tell you that's the truth. And over one billion animals die every week, guys, at our hands, yet people... uh, Uh, So what I'm trying to say to you is this, if you are impacted or you're upset by the animals that have died in Australia during these wildfires, or you're upset when you see any animal suffering, like if you saw like, you know, dogs being beaten or, or kicked or killed, you know, like, um, just anything like dogs, cats, animal cruelty in general, you're already almost vegan. You're vegan in your heart. You just haven't aligned your food choices with that yet. And my challenge, and I'm here today to tell you to start getting in alignment because when you do, everything you will say will start to resonate with you on such a more a deep level because you are in total alignment with the words you're saying. So in your heart, you believe it, you're saying it, but you're actually, your actions support it. Very often people will get to a place where they say something, they truly believe it, but their actions don't support what they're saying. They're consuming chicken and fish and eggs and and bacon and all these things, yet they're fundraising for animal cruelty and they're upset about these animals that have suffered in these wildfires, yet their choices are contributing to a 120 magnitude fold effect on animal suffering in the world. And so that's the first thing I wanted to say is that you've got to see the cognitive dissonance there. Like there's a, there is a cognitive dissonance. And the difference is that we've seen, we've been taught to see cows, pigs, chickens, and things like that as food animals. That's, we've been conditioned to see them as animals that we eat versus kangaroos or koalas, which we don't eat. And so there's that discrepancy there. But at the fundamental level, guys, they're all animals. They're all the same. They all want to live. And just because we don't see these animals on fire burning to death doesn't mean they don't die these painful, scary deaths. They do. They do. And I can tell you that adamantly. I saw that as a former butcher. And the other thing I want to put forward to you is that you look at the climate shifts that are happening right now like record high temperatures and one of the reasons why they're struggling i believe to put these fires out is because of the resources water resources and things like that and animal agriculture chews up water resources and resource animal agriculture when i'm saying animal agriculture i'm talking about factory farming raising pigs raising cows raising chickens for food dairy eggs things like that is arguably the most uneconomical system that humans have ever created in the sense that it takes a thousand liters of water to create one liter of milk. Isn't that insane? Think about that. 1,000 liters of water to create one liter of milk. It's just bizarre to me that the system even still exists. It's, it's so un- inefficient and, you know, there's, there's all these conversations about, like, we can't feed the world's population, etc. Did you know that something like 90%, I believe, of the world's monocrops of soy and, and grain is fed to cattle and livestock and animals that are getting be, being prepared for slaughter? So, if we took all that grain, 
all that food that was created in monocrops that's fed to animals for slaughter and dairy, we could feed every single person on the planet and we wouldn't even have a food shortage problem at all and no one would, no one would be starving. Doesn't that blow your mind that that's how draconian and inefficient the system is? And so the reason why I'm coming back to that is because this system has put such a heavy burden on the Australian ecosystems that now they don't have the capacities to fight these fires like they would have if they weren't draining the living daylights out of water systems and resources to fuel these animal agriculture systems. Because these animal agriculture... Australia has a huge animal agriculture industry, which is why politicians and the government is not really talking about this because you have a lot of lobbyists and people in power and they're not going to talk about the elephant in the room that's the problem guys is that this has got to come back to like a grassroots shift and it comes back to you making different choices as an individual and earthling ed on instagram on youtube on facebook he did a really cool post and you can go check that out yourself but he talked about how um, they did a really, really big extensive study in 2018 and they found that the top, I believe, 40 products, animal-based products in the world consume like 90% of the farming and environmental resources. So only like 10% of the water and land go to like fruit and vegetable growth. The other 90 go to animal products. And you've got to recognize the environmental impact that it has. And methane and all the other emissions that are caused and all the runoff into water systems that pollute streams and rivers and just the systemic pollution that is created by the animal agriculture industry is the number one cause of climate change on the planet today. Ahead of cars, planes, trucks, all vehicles i mean isn't that insane that ahead of all transportation animal agriculture contributes more towards climate change and we can see a rapidly growing increase in terms of how climate change is affecting the world and you saw that in terms of like the height the heightened temperatures down in australia and the reason why i bring this up is because and this this is this is scary guys i mean like People don't even know this stuff. Is that I mean, Dr. Zach Bush has talked about this? Um, Catherine Ingram. There's other people, other scientists, and it's a consensus that all the leading climate change scientists all talk about this. In terms of, and I'm coming back to that research paper, is that they all said the number one way to re- slow this process down and potentially stop it is a plant-based diet. It's a plant-based diet ahead of like all the other stuff we're doing. Like, you know, if you minimize taking showers, if you, if you carpool to work or if you, any of those things, the number one way to start to shift towards climate stability so we don't see these things happen is a plant-based diet. And so if you're consuming animals, then part of your choices are contributing to what we're seeing. And you have to start being accountable and take ownership for that and recognize that don't you want the planet to exist for our children and in our future generations beyond just your taste preferences or oh, I like chicken or I like bacon or whatever or I like cheese there shouldn't even be a discussion on the table it, does, it shouldn't matter what you like it should matter what is going to 
keep this world intact, right? Like you've got to start looking at the bigger picture here. And I think a lot of people struggle to wrap their heads around this because one, like the world doesn't seem like it's literally ending tomorrow. But for some people, it, it is. I mean, if you look at those fires, it's like Armageddon. And a lot of people bury their head in the sand. They just want to watch football. They want to tailgate. They want to gossip. They want to just talk about trivial bullshit. And they don't want to think about larger, wide-scale problems because they think it's depressing and they want to distract themselves and numb the pain and they're addicted to all kinds of BS. And it's just like, you need to start recognizing that your choices are having a huge impact on the environment as a whole. And so a whole food plant-based diet is the best way and according to all these climate change experts the best way to slow down and stop this from happening more and more these floods hurricanes um, all these things that you're seeing change in the world this is partly a sped up man-made process and you're going to have climate change deniers but honestly, the, the science and the leading scientists just do not support that message at all. And the other thing is that you need to look at your consumption. So like, how much are you consuming? Like, did you know that plastic uses tons and tons of fossil fuels to be created? So how many single-use plastic items are you using? Are you going to the grocery store and are you bringing your own bags? Like, you know, when it comes to produce, do you have your own, like, netting bags that you can use? Do you have your own mason jars to fill up your nuts and seeds with? Are you using paper bags or are you bringing your own reusable bags to the store to bag your groceries? Don't use single-use plastic in the form of, like, plastic bags, um, cups from Starbucks, straws, single-use knives and forks and things like that. Bring all your own stuff because all that single-use plastic, one, it, the first piece of plastic that was ever created on planet Earth still exists today. So plastic, I mean, it takes hundreds of thousands of years to degrade. It has to go somewhere. And so because of that, we are literally just like, we're just creating more and more and more, not even thinking about where it's going and it's destroying ecosystems. So that's the first thing is like, you need to start using single-use plastic and you need to start looking at like, Rather than like, so for example, one of the shifts that I made more recently was I stopped using so much tofu and tempeh, which is like packed in these plastic containers, and I'd be using like one per meal. Now I buy like dried lentils and legumes, and I'll cook those down, and I put the lentils and legumes in um, bags of my own. So I'm using much, much less plastic because of that. Or if you go to Starbucks, get a reusable cup. If you, if you eat out a lot, bring your wooden utensils and use those. And carpool more or ride your bike more or walk more. You know, like there's, there's many other things that you can do to help at least offset some of this. But it comes back to this fundamental thing that a whole food plant-based diet is the number one way to change all of this. Guys, it really it, it scares me because I think about... Zia, my, my daughter, and I think about what is the world going to look like for her in 50 years' time. I mean, when I'm talking about, like, Dr. Zach Bush has talked about this, that if we don't start taking massive action now, we could literally see the end of the world within our lifetime. I mean, it sounds so insane, but by the year 2050 to 2100, we could literally start seeing total system collapses. And we're already seeing it now with 150 species going extinct every single day. Every single day. <clears throat> and it starts with us. 
We are contributing so much to this and we don't even realize it. And so often we sit back and we think, oh my God, look at all these things that are happening. Like we need, like, you know, the government needs to do something. No, we need to do something. I, I look at my daughter and it makes me upset to think that what is the world going to look like for her? You know, like what type of world are we leaving for our children and the people that we love that are younger than us? We have to start being more conscious about our choices, guys. We have to. And yes, like these things will still happen sometimes. I mean, like, you know, natural disasters still going to be part of it. But we've got to start looking at the cognitive dissonance in ourselves. And recognize that if we're eating bacon and eggs and chicken and fish and steak and all these other things and it's coming in plastic wrapped containers every single time, we are contributing a massive portion of our food choices and our lifestyle choices towards what we're seeing in terms of shifts, in terms of water use, droughts, pollution, all these things. Get accountable. Stop sticking your head in the sand. And for anyone who's listened to this and thinks that this is nonsense, do your own damn research. Because I can't convince you otherwise. If you're just going to go ahead and keep eating meat and keep you know, buying trays of stuff and using single-use plastic, you're just part of the problem. And I, I'm, not here, I, I'm not even here to convince you unless you're even open to improving yourself as a human being. So I'm sorry. Like just, I'm disregarding people like that straight away because there will be people like that. But for, the, for those of you who it's pulled at your heartstrings and you've seen the damage and it's affected you and you're like, damn... Why is the government not doing anything about this? Why aren't they doing more? Because part of the industry relies on these systems. And, and so you've got to recognize that it comes back to us. You're already vegan in your heart. You just need to align your food choices with it. You just need to align your food choices. So I'm begging you. And this is not just for this specific incident. This is ongoing problems. Watch Dominion. Watch Cowspiracy. Watch Earthlings. Watch Forks Over Knives. Watch What the Health. Watch Game Changers. Watch all these documentaries. Learn about these the realities of these industries. We don't need to be eating animals to survive. It's a choice. It's a pal- it's a taste choice. We need to be more responsible than that. And these animals in slaughterhouses and, and the animal agriculture industry suffer. They do not die these pleasant, humane lives. Humane is a term created to help people sleep better at night. It's just a word. There's no humane way to kill someone who does not want to die. Think of it like that. There's no humane way to kill someone who doesn't want to die. Because if it was humane meaning would we want it done to ourselves if we wouldn't want it done to ourselves it's not humane and so at the end of the day and if you don't believe me read the book eating animals by jonathan safran foa eating animals he talks about in extensive detail the suffering that these animals go through in the slaughterhouse industry and i saw this firsthand as a butcher And so you have to start being more accountable and not just sharing things on social media saying, oh, it's so awful that these koalas are dying, but you're buying pot roasts and eating turkey bacon. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you're 10 or 80, it doesn't matter if you're 80 or 90, you still have a responsibility to change for your children, for your grandchildren and future generations. Stop burying your head in the sand and just saying, well, this is the way it's always been. That is a naive mindset to have, my friends. But it comes back to us. We can make changes as an 
as an individual, please, please share this. Please, please make changes today. It does. You don't have to be perfect. Any change is better than just maintaining the status quo. So today, open your mind, embrace change, see the cognitive dissonance in your own mind, and let's all work as a united front to change these huge problems that we're seeing in society today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Veg Up podcast, and don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes go live. Please leave us a review and share this on social media. Tag me. Let me know what helped you. Let me know what you want to hear more of. Let's get this information out to the world. Help me do that. And be sure to email us over at Fraser at EvolvingAlpha.com for coaching options and mentorship. Because if you want growth, it begins here, my friend.